Hi folks, Jack Spierko here. Today you are listening to an episode of TSP Rewind. <laughs> Commercial-free versions of past episodes. Podcast blasts from the past. I put these up when I can't do a show due to professional commitments or rare vacations. These podcasts will appear in standard iTunes, Stitcher, and other feeds, but will be titled TSP Rewind Episodes and numbered accordingly. Today we are rewinding way, way, way back, folks, back to August 27th, 2008. Uh, given that the uh, the first episode of the Survival Podcast took place on June 19th, 2008, we're just about two months into the show. I'd kind of really figured out what it was going to be, and I want to talk to you about what this week's going to be like. Um, this week is all going to be rewind shows. It has to be. Uh, there's there's too much to be done still getting ready for the 60 people that are going to descend on Nine Mile Farm and I'm you know going to be here with them from Wednesday through Sunday so I've got till Wednesday afternoon to get it all done and uh, it's an important commitment that I that I meet and uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about rewinds as a whole right now because I've heard from a lot of you that really like it but I have heard from a few people that that, that don't like it they feel like you should be putting out a new show every day. Guys, I've been doing this for almost nine years now. It's it's my greatest passion in the world. I want to put out a show every day. That's why I've gone with the rewinds to taking a little bit more time to put some new content in the front of them. But it's also important that I serve this community in a variety of other ways. Sometimes that means I'm traveling somewhere to speak at an event. Um, I never take money for speaking at those events. Sometimes I you know, cover my travel and I'll go. I do that to, to go out and meet you guys and to spend time with people and to to support others in their efforts. Because when I go speak at an event and I bring in a couple hundred people, that helps the event organizer, and it's hard to run events. Trust me, I know. So that that's important, too. And then, you know, there are times like hopefully sometime this, this spring, uh, I'll get to go on vacation with my wife. Everybody deserves a vacation. You guys probably take them, too. So I, I need some some method to to bridge that gap. And I think this is the best one that we have. And there's a lot of great stuff in the archives that many people have never heard. And there's a lot of great stuff that even if you're a long-time listener, maybe you've heard them, but you might have forgotten them. Or you might miss the irony of the contrast. And that's what I'm going to try to show this week, at least with the first two episodes. Today's episode originally was episode 42, Five Lies That Attack Individual Freedom and Liberty. And tomorrow's episode will be episode 43, Five More Lies That Attack Individual Freedom and Liberty. This was kind of a breakout moment of the show. This is, you know, I didn't even think there were that many people listening yet. There are a few hundred, I guess. And, you know, I have a few hundred people listening at this point, and I'm getting two and three dozen emails a day going, my God, this is, this is so, I, I needed to hear this, you know, that type of thing. And realizing that, This show couldn't just be about beans, bullets, and band-aids. It had to be about addressing the real problems in our world at an individual level because we weren't going to change things with voting and we weren't going to change things uh, with with you know convincing your uncle that you're right or something like that. That we actually had to have individual, meaningful actions that we could take in our lives. What's interesting is many of the problems that we're talking about back in 2008 we're still talking about today, almost nine years later. What's different is you won't hear as many of the sophisticated solutions that we discuss today because some of them just didn't exist back then and some of them we hadn't figured out yet. 
And I think that'll be an interesting thing. So that's going to be the beginning of this week. Then I'm going to take you about a year forward in the show's history, or close to a year forward in the show's history, and I'm going to talk about the Aguan River Valley, which was a place I did a big piece of I Feel My growing up. I was 19 years old when I was there, and I was there for six months. So that's a, a place in a person's life where a lot's going on and a lot's changing. Then we're going to have what I call the first state of the podcast address, right? Um, in one day, shy of one year of the show uh, being out, I uh, was getting ready to do the first ever like point where the listeners really got to speak. And there was... Nowhere near as many as there were when we did it for episode uh, 500, but in the at first year, with only a few thousand people listening, we had dozens and dozens and dozens of people that called in and say, this is how my life changed because of the things that were being discussed in the first year of the Survival Podcast. And I, the reason I want to put those two together is that they were designed that way originally. I, I did this this big kind of you know, brouhaha, building up speech about what we were really doing. And at this point in a year in, I knew what we were doing. I knew what we were doing. And the thing was, the people that called in, they told me that I was right. I knew it, but I wasn't sure that I was getting it across. And when these people called in and said, this is how my life's changed in a year. Because of some maniac running around in a car with, a, with an MP3 recorder, I knew we were on the right track. And I knew TSP would become what it would become. And when, when something gets like this, guys, I need time sometimes. And that's why you get the rewinds. On that, all of the rewinds this week are from the car. They are These early ones are before I even figure out how to make things better in the car. So it's not the audio quality that you're accustomed to. But it's the genesis of this show. It's where we came from. It talks about where we're going. And we realize when we look back at it, we're not there yet, but we're damn well on the way. With that, let me take you back. August 27, 2008. Episode 42, Five Lies That Attack Individual Freedom and Liberty. Younger Jack Spirico from the car speaking to you from the past. All right, on to today's show. I'm going to stay out of politics today as much as possible with what we're going to talk about. What I mean by staying out of politics, I guess, is I'm not going to talk about Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, John McCain, Mitt Romney, or anybody else by name. Uh, this, it, the po po politics in today's will be as uh, timeless as I can make them. Hopefully someday they will no longer apply. And it's not just about politics, it's about all the marketing that gets rammed down the throat of the American people on a daily basis. And I can't call it anything other than marketing. It comes from the press, it comes from businesses, it comes from the government, and a lot of it does indeed come from the government, but all of it is marketing. Marketing is simply the process of formulating a message, deciding you want people to believe something. Ford built quality cars, for instance, and then advertising that in various means over and over and over and over again. And what we've learned in the history of economics, the history of politics, the history of the world, that if you take any message, regardless of how ridiculous it is, regardless of how, whether it's true or false, it does not matter. If you take any message and you market it long enough, 
then sooner or later a large portion of the people that you market to will believe it. Okay? Now, smart companies, quality companies, let the marketplace determine their marketing for them. In other words, for instance, if I say Volvo to most people, the auto manufacturer of Volvo, they immediately think safety. Well, safety became Volvo's marketing because the market realized that they built a very safe car and people began to buy it for that reason all on their own. And then Volvo, being smart, grabbed onto that message and made it their own. But the market positioned Volvo. Volvo, Volvo did not position the market. Unfortunately, the other lies, or the other, that's a lie, it's not a lie that Volvo built a great car, but the lies that I'm going to talk about to you today that are being marketed to us are not true. And they've simply been crammed down our throats long enough and put in our face long enough and, and you know, re-emphasized enough that now we are all supposed to believe them. And uh, this is not going to be one of my podcasts that talks about practical preparation and things that you can do. This is going to be one of my podcasts where I get really pissed off and tell you what I really think about things that are happening to erode the liberty of my nation. And the reason sometimes I do shows like this, folks, is because you cannot separate survivalism from liberty. Because the greatest threat that we have to our survival in this nation today is ourselves and what we allow ourselves to do in the form of government and in the form of industry. And those two are highly connected today. Our economy is most much closer to a fascist economy than most people would like to believe because we have industry and government working together, linked in one protecting the other. And that is never the way that this nation was supposed to be. But let's start off with a little bit softer of a lie, a little less benign or a little more benign of a lie, a lie that's not being perpetrated by Democrats or Republicans in general, a lie that's not even coming from our government, a lie that's being told to us every day in the standard marketing and advertising that's put in our face. Now, I've seen tremendous amounts of marketing that push this fact, But there's one that came out recently that kind of got me off on this tangent that created this whole episode for me. And you might wonder how I'm going to make the leap from credit cards to schools here in a second. But it's going to be pretty easy to do because it's all wrapped up together. The first lie is that we live in a consumer-driven economy, but there's nothing wrong with that. The consumer-driven economy is the free market. Now, the problem with this lie is it is a truth and a lie at the same time. Consumer-driven market is what this nation was built on originally. But a consumer-driven market used to mean that people bought what they needed and what they, in general, wanted, and the people that did the best job of delivering that were the most successful. And people would like you to believe that that's still the case today. It is not the case today. And... What started this was a commercial, I think it's for American Express. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. It could be MasterCard, it could be Visa, it could be Discover. It doesn't matter, okay, because it all works the same way. It's going into debt to buy crap you don't need. That's exactly how the commercial starts out. They have a lady with a very pleasant voice that says, we live in a consumer-driven economy. But there's nothing wrong with that. 
The problem is, there's so much cool stuff out there to buy. That's why we blah, 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 it goes on from there. They make you feel really good about going out and spending money that you don't have. Okay? And paying interest rates that should be illegal, honestly. All right? It's absolutely insane the amount of interest that's applied to credit card debt in our nation today. And the reason is that lending money in that capacity is very risky, so they, they honestly have to charge that type of interest rate to be profitable. We've created a system where those people that run those companies have no choice other than to do business the way that they do business. Because we've built an economy now, a consumer-driven economy, that there's nothing wrong with on having more than your neighbor, on getting a new car every two years, on... It makes more sense to lease a car than to buy a car and actually own it and drive it for a period of time where you pay nothing for it. We've convinced people that you'll always have a car payment and you'll always have a house payment, so don't worry about it. 30-year mortgages aren't long enough. We'll go 40-year mortgages. How about we do an interest-only mortgage? It's a consumer-driven economy. We have to spur spending. Spending is good for the economy. The more spending, the better. That's true, and again, it's, it's this truth and a lie mixture that's dangerous. It's true that if nobody buys anything at all, that the economy shuts down. But it's also true that we'll never get to a place where nobody buys anything. Because you know what? We need transportation. We need food. We need energy. We need shelter. Okay? So there will always be some level of demand. What we've done, though, is we've gone into production levels where the capacity for delivery of services and goods and consumer crap vastly exceeds the need or even the general want of the individual. Now, we all think we want a giant plasma television. And, folks, I'll tell you what, I have one. I have a nice, big, 50-inch, uh, you know, plasma TV. I paid cash for it, though, and I waited until I could pay cash for it to buy it. All right. I didn't go out and buy it from Best Buy with three years, no interest, no payments, only to get slammed with interest 36 months later and end up paying three times what the TV was worth when I bought it, much less since the value of the TV had declined over time, paying ten times more than I could have went out and bought the TV for in today's money. All right. That is the lie that's been told, and that lie is crippling our economy. The subprime mortgage meltdown, the vast problems that we're in with real estate, all of these things are being driven by the lie that your duty as a citizen of this nation is to go out and spend money. And even the President of the United States stood up after 9-11 and told you that was your duty. Go out and spend money. You were told to do that. When our economy got in great big trouble this year, they sent us all a check, right? There was supposed to be basically a tax refund from the previous year's taxes. But instead of giving us our own money back, living like a normal society and cutting their spending, our government set this example. They borrowed $85 billion and dumped it into the United States economy. And what did they tell us to do with it? Did they say, listen, we're in trouble. Take this money and put it in the bank. Build cash reserves. Have the ability to have stability. And we are going to be responsible, and we're going to find where we can cut this from the budget to give it back to you because we've overtaxed you, and that's part of the problem. No, 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 no. They borrowed the money, they gave it to us, and they said, in no uncertain terms, go blow it on crap. 
go buy pointless, meaningless, useful crap, and don't worry about it. It's a consumer-driven economy. That'll make the economy better. That will kickstart the economy and get us back on our feet. Oh, and don't worry about paying the bills. They'll be handed down to your grandchildren. Because we borrowed this money from China, and you're not going to pay it, and we're not going to pay it, and we all know that. And we're already $100 trillion in debt, so it's a few billion more. So we have the government setting that example at the highest level, and we have people living in microcosms of that every day because of one simple lie. It's okay. It's okay to have what you want today and not to sacrifice. That is not the foundation of our country, folks. And your duty as an American citizen is not to go out and blow all your money it's to create stability for yourself and your family and to make sure that you do not overextend yourself, even if that means having a TV that's five, six, or ten years old as long as it still works. Don't believe the lie that it's nothing wrong with being a consumer-driven economy, at least not in the context that that lie is told to us today. The next lie that we're constantly being told and I, I mean, we are constantly being told this lie. We are told this lie by Democrats. We are told this lie by Republicans. We are told this lie by the PTA. We are told this lie by the university system in America. We are told this lie by sports athletes. We are told this lie by the news. We are told this lie by the media. We are told this lie over and over and over again simply because it's been so well marketed that I would venture no less than 90% of America believes it to be true. So it's not a conspiracy when an athlete stands up and says, go to school, get good grades, make sure you go to college. Everybody should go to college. Right? And you might be thinking Jack has flipped his lid here because you're probably one of these people that believes this lie. And that lie is not go to school and get good grades. That's not the lie. But that everybody should go to college. Everybody going to college and, and the support system for it, which is this No Child Left Behind Act that both sides claim they want to fix because it's not working good enough yet, is a complete, total abomination against the free market. First of all, no. Not everybody should go to college. You probably know somebody that I hate to put it this way, but is simply too dumb to go to college. They can't learn at that level. They do not have the intellectual capacity for that type of higher learning. Okay? You just, so that's one reason this is a lie. I'll give you another reason this is a lie. I never went to college because I would have been bored out of my mind. I make a very good income. I am a successful business person. I am a successful entrepreneur. I would have probably been less successful if I went to college. I probably would not be doing this podcast today and making a difference in the lives of some of my listeners, as I've been told by email that I'm doing, if I went to college. Because it will put me into a level of conformity that is not suitable for me. Okay? I am not suitable for a normal 8 to 5 job working by the hour. I can't do it. And that means I can't go into an education system that's designed to turn me into that. I barely made it through high school, even though I am a, I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm just using myself as a personal example here. I'm not 
this is not my ego speaking, but I'm an intelligent person. I'm intelligent and I'm articulate. And I can hold my own in a debate with people with, with master's degrees on various subjects. I have a general knowledge that's extremely diverse. I can sit here and talk to you about survivalism, and I can turn it around an hour from now, and I could do another podcast on the, uh, the, the artificial intelligence algorithms that Google uses to rank search engine results. And I could explain that to you at a very deep level, all right? Couldn't have done that if I went to college because my mind would have never evolved the way that it did. So there are some people whose personality, whose motivation, whose drive are just not suited for college. And then there's this other reality. When you get a college degree, you don't go to college and get a degree, and if I'm going to name any, any profession or trade that anybody out there does, do not be offended. This is not meant to offend you. It's meant to defend you from the idiots that are saying that the kids that should be doing your job tomorrow shouldn't be doing your job tomorrow. They should be in some kind of a white-collar job, and we should get rid of any level of blue-collar work and production in this nation. All right? But you don't go to school to get a bachelor's degree so that you can go out and work in a field, farming, or, you know, on any type of a ranch hand or a job like that. You don't go get a degree in college so that you can go work in a warehouse packing boxes and loading trucks. All right? Nobody does it. Nobody says, I want my bachelor's degree so I can go work in a warehouse doing manual labor, loading trucks and unloading trucks. All right? You don't go get a degree in college so you can go out and run a backhoe on the side of the highway. All right? You don't go get a degree in college so that you can be a professional waiter. Okay? And I'm not necessarily talking about a waiter that's, you know, the waiter we think of every day. I'm talking about I know waiters that work at certain restaurants that make six figures. Going to college is not necessary to do that, okay? Whether you want to be a waiter at a chain restaurant making decent money, $30,000, $40,000 a year, or you want to be a waiter at a top-end restaurant that makes $50, $60 tips from every table that he covers or more, doesn't require college. You don't go to college so you can sit in an assembly line bolting together parts of cars. You don't go to college so that you can learn how to frame a house and be a framer and work construction. And there's a million other jobs like that. And again, I'm not putting them down. They are noble professions. At one time in my life, I did several of them as I was figuring out what to do with myself. They're noble professions and they need to be done. We need roads to drive on. We need things shipped across our country. We need them packed. packed. We need them loaded. Okay? We need food grown in our fields and we need somebody to harvest them. Not all of our crops can be harvested with a tractor and a combine. We, and there's a segment of society that wants, demands, and pays for organically grown food. And that really must be done to a large degree by hand. There are all of these things that our nation needs that are things that no one goes to college to be. There must be a portion of society to do these things. And when you artificially create 
a segment of society that because they have a piece of paper from a university believes that they're above these things and will not do them, you end up in a situation where you have to import labor that's willing to do the job. How many times have we been told, folks, that the reason that we have illegal immigration, the reason we need to allow it, is because Americans won't do these jobs. Well, folks, let me tell you something. Get out of the big cities. Go into rural America where the immigrant population is lower, specifically the illegal immigrant population is lower, and you will see Americans, and it won't matter what the color of their skin is, they'll be black, they'll be white, They'll be of, of Middle Eastern descent. They'll be of Oriental descent, European descent, African descent. They'll be from all over the world. And they'll all be doing the jobs that Americans supposedly won't do. They'll all be paying taxes into a system that's predatory upon them. And they'll all be also being told your civic duty is to spend that money because it's okay. There's nothing wrong with having today what you should wait till for tomorrow. So that's how those two lies entwine. But this is one of the most seductive lies of society, and it is a reason that our nation is falling in the world from a prominence standpoint. It is the reason our ability to produce things is going down. It is the reason we have moved from a manufacturing and agricultural society on a large scale, into a services-based economy. People go to college to get jobs that are administrative and managerial in nature. Okay? Plain and simple, from one level to the next. By taking people that are not suited for that environment, that either do not have, and I hate to put it this way, there are people that do not have the intelligence, there are people that do not have the personality, and there are people that do not have the desire to go to college, but we've marketed to them that that is their solution. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to go to college. I'm not putting down your degree if you worked hard for one. And if you work in a profession that your degree provided for you, congratulations, you're one of the people that should have went. But I would also challenge you, how many people out there have a degree that they paid thousands and thousands of dollars for, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 or more? And they have a job that has absolutely nothing to do with their degree. How many employers are so stupid that they put requirement for a job, bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, or bachelor's degree in business management, or equivalent, right? You know what, folks? Do you know how many jobs I've applied for in my life that said degree required, and I got them with no degree? Three. In my career, I've had three jobs that absolutely required a degree. The company believed it when they said it. They put it in print. I avoided the discussion as long as I could so that I could convey that I could do the job and that I had a proven track record of doing the job as a top performer. And when it finally got down to brass tacks, they were more concerned about whether or not I could do the job than whether or not I had a degree, especially in the sales field. If you're a salesperson, it's not bad to have a degree. But if you had six years of experience instead of six years of debt and running around drinking in a fraternity, you might be a better qualified salesperson. And by 35, instead of finding your first big gig as a salesperson, you may be running your own company. That's reality. People have to make this decision for themselves. But what we as a society must learn is that, no, not everybody needs to go to college, and no, 
Not no child left behind. I'm sorry, but some people need to be left behind so that other people can run faster. You know, the biggest, you know, all people are equal society I was ever part of was the United States Army. We all had a minimal level of performance. But when it came, and when it came to running, you always were told we run at the speed of the slowest man in the formation. But guess what? We had multiple running groups. We had a fast group. We had a medium group. We had a slow group. Because it was unreasonable to expect that the people that could run two miles in 12 minutes should be saddled back and forced to, to take only the conditioning that came from running two miles in 16 or 17 minutes. So those groups were formed, and one was allowed to run faster than the other. And we need to understand in our education system that we need to make allowances and room for that. The next lie I want to talk about today, and I believe this lie is setting our country up for the greatest acts of government oppression ever in the history of the world. And this lie is also seductive because it doesn't even have to be told to be believed. And you hear it every day, especially from our youngest generations. And that is that the Constitution gives us rights. This is, in my opinion, a horrific lie that if our education system really wanted to do something to empower the minds of the, the young generation, they would set about correcting immediately. And if you've never heard me speak on this subject before, you may be sitting there right now going, the hell is he talking about? Of course the Constitution gives us rights. Wrong, my friend. The Constitution doesn't give you rights. It preserves your rights. It protects your rights, and it limits government, at least in theory, from going in and messing around with those rights. It limits the authority of government to get in the way of your rights, but it does not grant you rights. It is designed to protect the rights that the founders of our nation believed that you as a human being already had. That any form of government that infringed with those, those rights in that Ten Amendments, in the Bill of Rights, was wrong. In fact, what people don't know is our Constitution does not apply to Americans. It's another lie. And again, you may be sitting there going, what, what the, what, I, I don't understand. Now I really don't understand. You're losing me, Jack. Folks, the Constitution of the United States of America was written with the intent of applying to humans. And there were glaring problems with that, given the state of our nation at the time that slavery was legal, that women weren't immediately given the right to vote. But the ideal was planted, and it's a big part of why those things eventually changed. But... When the Constitution was written, it was implicitly saying that, you know what, if you live in England, you have these rights too. They've just been taken away from you, and you are recognized as having these rights by us. If you live in Iran, if you live in Iraq, if you live in Russia, if you live in Germany, if you live in any part of Africa, if you live in Australia, if you live in South America, if you found a city on the Antarctic continent, you have these rights and no government should oppress them that's what the constitution is all about and there's a reason so so important of a reason that that distinction 
matters. If the Constitution grants us rights, then we look to the government and we say, you, O oh government, are the grantor of our rights. You are the grantor of our freedom. You have the power. You are the king, and we are your subjects. And as a benevolent king, you have given us these rights. That is not how our nation is supposed to work. Unfortunately, that is how our nation is working today, to a large degree. But this shred of hope, to speak of light, that is our Constitution, that is our foundation, is the last thing that prevents that from becoming complete. Because when you turn it around, folks, and when you say the Constitution applies to everyone, the Constitution protects your rights. It grants you nothing. Okay? It says what everybody should already know and accept. It protects your God-given rights as a human on the planet Earth. Then it is not obed benevolent king government. It is you, government, work for the people. We have granted you power, and we have the sovereign right as individuals to strip it from you at any time that we please. We as a people could decide tomorrow that we don't want any of you anymore and get rid of, of all of you. We the people are in control. We have loaned you this power, and it is up to you to satisfy us. That spirit needs to be rekindled in the hearts of Americans everywhere. We need to demand that type of service from our government. And we need to understand the limits that should be placed upon them, the responsibilities that they should have, and the things that they should keep their nose out of. And that's a simple question for me. Is it in the Constitution? Okay? Does it say in the Constitution that the government should be in the health care business? No. Get them out of it. Does it say that they belong in the, in the education business? No. Get them out of it. Let the individual make the choice for themselves. Let industry deliver the solution. Let's go to a true consumer-driven market that's based on our needs and our true wants rather than jealousy and envy of our neighbor. And if we get the government out of the way, we'll be able to do just that. The next lie that we're being told as a people today that's insidious that's allowing our government to do whatever it wants to, that's allowing the largest industries to do whatever they want to and have us fight with each other instead of hold the true people that are accountable accountable to them, is the lie that you don't have whatever it is you want because of some other class or group of individuals, that you don't have the new TV because the rich people are too greedy. Okay? That you can't build a business today the way you want to because you're being taxed too much so that we can let the poor live for free. All of these things are lies. You can't get ahead today because you happen to be a black man or a woman. All right? And we'll spin the lie the other way and say because of affirmative action planning, you can't get ahead today because you're a white man. All right? Lies, lies, lies. And I did an entire podcast on class warfare. And you can go listen to that by going to survivalpodcast.com and pulling up that podcast. But let me tell you that even being brief here, it's an insidious lie. And it's a misdirection. And it's a magician's trick. And we need to grab a hold of this thing. We need to grab a hold of it right away. Because it's, what it's, it's what's allowing these clowns to do whatever the hell they want to. 
I'll give you an example. Here in the state of Texas, we have massive problems with illegal immigration. The conservative voters were ready to throw out the Republican governor. But it just so happened that in the last election, one of the things that got thrown in was a big to-do about gay marriage and an amendment to, to prevent gay marriage. That became the uniting cause for the conservative voters. And you can't be a conservative voter and not vote for a Republican governor. I mean, we don't want, you know, some crazy guy like Kinky Friedman running the state, which is probably what we should have done, is turn to an independent, a true independent, okay? Not one tough grandma that this Carol Strayhorn was. We should have went for somebody that was putting the state first. But we put a rallying cry around gay marriage, misdirection, all right? It didn't matter. It had nothing to do with the things that people were really concerned about. Government shouldn't be in the business of policing marriage in the first place. Government doesn't belong in marriage. Government does not belong in what is supposed to be an agreement between two people and their God. That's what marriage is supposed to be. The most staunch Christian conservative in his heart knows that marriage should be a union between two people and their God. And if we are going to start legislating that, then you know, you guys that are big-time Christians that believe in this uh, no marriage between two gay people, all right, that that's an abomination, whatever, as soon as we start legislating religion for them, it's not going to be long before the government's going to turn around and start regulating your religion, all right? Freedom of religion means freedom for everybody's religion and for everybody's belief. And this misdirection of class warfare is one of the huge lies that have been used by our government to, to take us and make us fight with each other while they go off and frolic and spend our money and squander our inheritance and squander our nation's wealth and put us deeper and deeper into debt. The next time that you think about one of your fellow Americans being the problem, realize that it's you and that fellow American that need to unite together and make our nation what it used to be. But this class warfare thing is exactly why we left Europe in the first place, to get out of a system and a structure with classes, to get out of a place where you were born into a class of nobility or you were born into a class that would never be considered noble, to get out of a class structure where the very government was run by a house of lords and a house of freaking commons. That's what this nation was supposed to be, and we've been misdirected into going back into that type of belief and a class structure that does not even exist today. We have a black man running for our president that may win. I do not agree with his politics, but I'm so glad that we have that today we have a guy with a real chance to win? Because I don't want to hear anymore how you can't get ahead if you're a black American. I don't want to hear it because it's not true. We had a woman that almost made it. And I don't want to hear anymore how you can't make it if you're a woman. And we got an old white guy running on the other side, and I don't want to hear you can't make it if you're an old white guy because there's plenty of us that are successful too. The reality is our nation... At least the ideals of our nation is the greatest beacon and bastion of freedom and opportunity in the world, and nobody's in line to get out of this place, and people are still in line to get in. 
And we need to take it back and make it what it used to be before that changes. But for right now, we are still the greatest bastion of freedom in the world. We still have the greatest opportunities, no matter what your sex, what your religion, what your preference, or what your color of skin. So don't be misled any longer. Don't let government tell you that you can't. Because that's the big lie. That's what I say for the end. The big lie is the government tells us that we can't for one reason or another. In spite of the fact that I'm proud that Barack Obama, a black man in America, may be our next president, I abhor the man's politics and I hope to God it doesn't come true. And there could be no greater example of someone that tells the American people it's just too hard, you can't, than his wife, Michelle Obama who I heard in several stump speeches give the following analogy. Every time you think you're going to get somewhere, they move the bar. Now, I don't know who the hell they are supposed to be, all right? But apparently they are moving the bar. Just when you think you're going to make enough money to survive, they move the bar. Is it perhaps the possibility that they is the government? That just when you think we have a stable blue-collar society, they move the bar and say everybody needs a college degree. But just when you think you're making enough money, just when you get that raise from 30000 to $45,000 a year, which seems like a big deal, they take over half of that raise away in taxes because you move up a bracket in income. But just when you think our nation is becoming stable, they, the government, all of them, on both sides of the hill, go to war in a way that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. These are the big lies. That you can't succeed because you can succeed. You can succeed as big or as little as you want. The only thing in your way, the only thing that moves the bar, Miss Obama, all right, is the government itself. The government would get out of our face and leave us alone. We could all do whatever it is that we really want to do with the most amount of freedom. That is how this country used to be. That is what this country used to be. And it's why I teach people. It's why I preach. Go own land. Own something no one can take from you. Don't have debt on it for your entire life. Figure out how to pay for it as quickly as possible. Don't go into debt. All right? If you do those things... A large part of the trap will never be sprung on you. No matter what they do up there, no matter what asinine law they pass, no matter what asinine uh, you know, initiative that they put in place, no matter what they do, it will limit how much it actually applies to you. If you're not in debt, if you don't buy the first lie that we started out with, that this is a consumer-driven economy, and there's nothing wrong with that, as the commercial says. As long as you do these things... Set up a situation for yourself where you can live as inexpensively as possible and still have the things that you want and still have the things that you need. Where you can achieve whatever dream or goal it is you have for yourself, but not let it be dictated to you by the President, by the Congress, by your Governor, or by Madison frickin' Avenue. Stop letting other people tell you what you want. Stop letting other people tell you what is a success and what is a failure. Rekindle in your own heart the spirit that is America. That is, I will take what I want. I will carve from the land what I need. I will take care of myself. I will take care of my family. I don't need no stinking charity. Go watch some of the old TV shows. Go watch 
TV shows that were, you know, put out in the 60s and the 70s, to a lesser degree, the 80s. And watch how many proud men say, this family will not yield to charity. We don't need charity. We will make it. We will make do. I will provide. I don't care what I have to do. I will provide. That used to be a theme in our television shows. Today the theme is if you can't make it, somebody should do it for you. Folks, I don't care who's in the government. I don't care who's in control. I don't care which party's in, in control on the Hill. I don't even care how much they tax us. That spirit of the individual is the secret to reclaiming what we have. If that spirit takes back over, we'll take back our nation, we'll take back our government, we'll take back our economy. That's how you as an individual can make a difference. To wake up every day and say, I don't want charity. I don't want the government to fix my problems. Okay? I don't need it, and I'm not going to allow it. And I'm going to carve what I need, and I'm going to take what I need, and I'm going to have what I need, and I'm going to provide for my family, and I'm going to do it all by myself. And when somebody else needs help, if I can figure out a way to do it, I'm going to help them. But I'm going to do it because I choose to. And I'm going to do it because I look at them and I go, they're working hard too, and I care about them, and they deserve it. And I have something extra that I can give, so I'll do it because I believe that they are noble and worthy of my effort and my help because I physically can look and see that they need it. I will not allow it to be taken from me and given to somebody across the world who I have no control over. That is the solution. It's not really about who we vote for. It's not really about who is supposedly running our country. Because, folks, there's enough freedom left in this nation that you and I still run it. You and I are still in control. We make the decision whether to run up $10,000 worth of debt with MasterCard or not. All right? And when you make the decision not to, when you make the decision to live within your means, a lot of these things that seem oppressive just go away like magic. They're not a problem anymore. You're not imprisoned to a class of employment. You're not imprisoned to anything. Because, folks, there's people out there that bought the line that everybody should go to college and have a good, secure job. And today, they have jobs they hate. They're 40-something years old. They make very good incomes. They make an income of $100,000 a year or more. And they're prisoners. They're like walking zombies. They don't want to be where they are. They don't want to do what they do. But they put themselves into a place where they owe so much money to so many people that they have to stay in that place even though they hate it. And then there are people that make a pittance, but they own a little plot of land somewhere. They don't have any debt, and they have everything they need. And those people are free. And I'm not saying that you can't live poor on a little plot of land and be a prisoner. And I'm not saying you can't have a managerial job, be 40-something years old, make a big uh, salary, and not be free. Those two are not exclusive from each other. But what I'm telling you is when it's not right for you, when it's not who you are, then you will try to fix the void with material goods. And when you try to do that, you will go into debt. And when you do that, you will become a pawn in society. You will become a component of the machine and you will become owned by somebody else. That's not liberty. That's not what it's all about. That's why here at the Survival Podcast, we teach you how to live a better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. I know today's podcast was really kind of a rant. It was a little bit different. But once in a while, I feel that I need to tell my listeners the truth as I see it and empower you in spirit more than in just plain, simple, practical matters. 
I'm going to be here every day, Monday through Friday, just about every time I can, with advice. At least plenty of time for practical matters. Your spirit, what you believe, and what you do every day for yourself, and the goal that you work towards is more important than how many cans of beans are under your bed. Because it's the spirit, it's the knowledge, and it's the, the, the yearning for true liberty and freedom that will really make a difference in your life. I'm Jack Spirico with the Survival Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another episode. You can scream, and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.